0: all of the articles at techemergence.com that get the most traffic, articles that week over week are visited by huge volumes of people, whether it be from social or organic, are our deep dives on individual sectors, where we'll essentially get one of our writers or researchers, we'll grab a number of quotes from PhDs working in a certain area, and we'll go far down a particular corridor. We recently actually did this with real estate and looked at some trends that are impacting real estate in the near term, what problems companies are trying to solve there with AI, and what that might mean for real estate. This week, we speak specifically with a PhD focusing exclusively on real estate. And for a full 24 minutes, uh, we dive into how he's trying to apply AI to the real estate domain to become a lower cost broker in that space. Real Estate Exchange is the name of the company. Andy Terrell is the guest. He's a PhD from University of Chicago. He's currently chief data scientist at Real Estate Exchange. And we speak this week about how marketing how data entry and how in the future conversational interfaces may change real estate. Currently, data entry and marketing are very big brunts of the efforts of Andy in terms of applying data science to real estate now and he speaks about some of the unique challenges of chatbot and conversational interfaces uh, in the real estate space, which is such a high ticket purchase, such a high trust transaction, so many variations of questions beyond what you would get if you were, let's say, selling running shoes on the internet. You're just never going to get the same depth of questions as when someone's spending $2 million on a home in, you know, outside of Los Angeles. So, he speaks about some of the particular challenges of conversational agents in the real estate space and what they may look like when it actually works. So, he's talking about some of the lessons he's learned, kind of the hard way, trying to apply it. At his company, and what the near-term chatbots might look like in real estate that would actually work, that would drive value for the real estate companies like Real Estate Exchange and would drive benefit for the people who are trying to buy and sell homes. Kind of a unique use case with some interesting little hurdles in there that I think would be curious for people uh, to tune into. So without further ado, we're going to dive in. This is Andy with Real Estate Exchange here on AI and Industry. So Andy, first things first, you know, real estate applications of AI. We recently did an article about this and a number of different companies that are working in this space. You folks are, are aiming to sort of tread some new ground in this domain. And I know that one of the initial areas that's important for you is the collection of and entry of data and information. There's so much information out there about homes that people have to collect and compile to create a listing. Talk us through sort of what's possible with AI, what's possible to be automated in that very laborious task of real estate?,
1: yeah, certainly. I think so, as you said, there's a lot of data that comes through about your home, about um your transactions of a home, about credit scores and and all sorts of information that gets aggregated about people that tends to be around like close to the home. and what we what we end up doing is like we found through a lot of our UX uh, research, That people have like a certain number of questions. And we found about 60 to 75 questions that pretty much always kind of run the gambit, like through a home purchase that you're going to ask. And sometimes these are very easy questions, like, does it have a pool? Or what's the number of bedrooms, which comes through in any listing or like anything like a Zillow or or Portal has. But sometimes they're tougher questions like, you know how much money are you spending on on uh roofing materials right huh, um, yeah. or like how old is that roof or what is the capacity of the garage and do you have a yard a large enough yard for a pool if you don't have a pool and things like that and so kind of going through and trying to aggregate all these questions like having a person do it like all by themselves it would be pretty daunting i mean when we're trying to like run at scale you, we're just not going to have time or people to do all that and so we're using AI, a lot of AI techniques to take data from many sources and find the answers to these questions and fill them in. Um, now it's not all perfect. I mean, it's not all uh, all done, um, but it's we're about halfway there, I would say. And so, whenever somebody comes in, they say, "Hey, I'd like you to sell my home." We don't have to send you know a long list of questions. We can get on the phone and start servicing them very quickly and say, "All right, here's all the things we know about your home." Just just help us out and correct anything that's wrong and so it brings that experience to just a little bit a little bit better
0: for the client got it and clearly that's a friction point to making all this work online which is what you folks are aiming to do is like oh there's there's all these kind of high touch things about the age of the roof and it's like ah oh, let me just show up with a clipboard and you know it's one of the one of the many factors to kind of drag you back into the stone age of real estate where where are you pulling all this information from? For example, the roof age problem seems like a really really hard one to be honest. Where do you solve some of these tougher problems that wouldn't be in a simple Zillow listing? Like oh three three bedrooms three bathrooms right. okay you know wh- where where do you pull that other stuff from?
1: So a lot of that like we use a lot of consumer data feeds um, that come through and tell a lot about the an address's purchasing habits that are aggregated over time. We use a lot of data around like the geo data and, that comes from, I guess, various aggregators on, on like just all sorts of surveys and, and like, uh, mar- like, I guess they get some of it from marketing, but like just the, the geo data providers and they like, I think there's three or four of them that we use. And then there's, I guess there's one that we're, I'm trying to put in, but it's like aspirational, is like the satellite data, like going and finding satellite imagery um, from like uh, Descartes Labs and, and Planet yeah. Um, there's a bunch which,
0: of people out there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, And so like those guys as well, that one's really speculative and that's the one where we can come in and find changes on, of like the actual property and things like that. That's kind of interesting.
0: Cool. Um, so in, in the future, this may include that kind of information too, or at least it's, right. it's it's maybe not in the product now, but it's, it's in the, it's in the future vision of like, Hey, we should have that in here too. Yep.
1: yep. But right cool. now a lot of it just comes from, you know, a lot of different consumer feeds and, and postings about the property online and things like that.
0: Cool. And so it's able to kind of coax out, is this the same address? You know, are, are we referring to exactly the same property? Can we be sure of that? You know, what of this information is new in this different public listing that's not already there? And then merge all of that into the various fields that you identified, you know, 60, 70 fields or whatever it is.
1: Right. And this is the I mean AI is really about a lot of technologies. And so when I think about AI, I don't really think about one single thing, but I look at them like just correlating data feeds. I mean use a lot of techniques that have been developed over the years that now is clumped in the AI world and so this information retrieval is a big part of like all of that that we do uh, that that feeds our whole AI infrastructure
0: and it's 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 kind of the unsexy white collar automation paperwork stuff but man I mean if right. it if it takes however many you know however long per listing you know across however many thousands and thousands and thousands of listings at some point we're saving serious time and I guess the eventual goal hopefully like you said you over time, you start integrating satellite data and other information. Maybe it'll get to a point where you can give uh, someone who's selling their house, you know, an iPad with, you know, four things that you're not 100% sure about, and they get to say yes, no, or change it. But everything else can kind of be correlated and proxied and merged together from so many data sources that you basically know.
1: Right, absolutely. And especially with those sorts of interfaces, once we start Engaging with the clients, we and this is totally not something we do today, but something that's totally possible with our technologies. Is that when you ask somebody something about the the, the age of their roof, like you learn a lot lot about the home, like how old is it, how much care has been taken, like so. There's a lot of residual information off of a few questions, and just using AI to like pull out what are those questions that have that residual information is, is very valuable. So we can get our clients
0: onboarded very quickly without much fuss. Cool. And the other sort of domain where when we were talking off mike you had you had mentioned sort of AI serving a purpose today, uh at least from your vantage point of the intersection of AI and real estate is in the marketing side of things. you know Facebook and Google are kind of the dominant players there. clearly they are you know using programmatic advertising sort of platforms of their own and letting people pick criteria and select things and then They're sort of matching advertisers with viewers in the right way to get the highest likelihood of conversion or revenue for them or success for the advertisers, et cetera. Talk a little bit about where AI plays a role in marketing with you folks, how that sort of ties into the success of the the platform you're trying to build here.
1: Absolutely. So the major portion of the marketing trend that we work with is from an AI perspective is just audience management and trying to find targets, buyers and sellers for a particular home or sellers in a particular area, whenever we move to a new geography, finding the people who, like, we're not well known, we're finding the people who are willing to sell their house and do it at a discount uh, and use a discount brokerage like ours. But we're trying to, you know, there's brand building of finding the people who help build our brands. But then there's once you have their home and you find a little bit about, more about them, like remarketing to people and finding which ones to remarket to. And then the buyer, like, we treat pretty much every home as its own ad campaign yeah. like it was its own business right and so there's features that just those in-date features that we talked about using those same features to market to the appropriate audiences and just like like you mentioned uh facebook and, and google they'll have certain uh, ways that they target people and get the most clicks or uh, the most money for them or you depending on all the goals you set up What well, we find that it's actually going back and like doing several touches. It's never like the first touch people actually take us up on. It's usually like fifth or sixth and being able to track that and say when to reach out to that person and use information like pulling in social data as well as the consumer data to get, you know, psychographic data or psychographic metrics to like reach out to that person even more. And so in that sense, we're able to not use traditional marketing platforms like the MLS for selling our homes because we're able to, Do so online at a cheaper rate and uh, and save a lot of money for our customers.
0: And so you are primarily, I I imagine, you know, leveraging AI in the marketing domain. I mean, there's so many different applications in email or in what you display on your site, or just so many variables here. Primarily, is this through the traditional Facebook and Google channels, or what? What are the channels where you're being forced to kind of match? the listing variables with the viewer or buyer variables through, through what avenues are are you having to make that, that connection?
1: Right. So with advertisers like Google and Facebook and Bing and, and, uh, and and several others, um, like a whole bunch of others, I guess there's, there's there's Google and Facebook and there's a ton of others, right? But all of those have like audience management. So just, just figuring out which buttons to click for a campaign in those, in those platforms, that's the first one. That's really like digital marketing, bread and butter, platform. Uh, But then once people come back to our site, and they've, you know, they've been remarketed to either through a double click ad or through some other uh, remarketing campaign, we'll know a little bit more about them. So we can then present them with uh, content that's closer to what they want. For example, if they lingered on the the pools last time, we can pop up recommendation of homes with pools that from that information that we pulled earlier. But there's also a lot of like display ads um, that where we can actually get the, the full market stream on a real-time bidder. And there we get a lot more information on who's coming to our site and, and give them just the right ad. Uh, whereas like some of the, the search ads, it's a little bit, you don't have nearly as much data on who's getting that search. But at the same time, we, we have very clearly like there's a correlation between like how good our search ads are and how good our display ads are. So they, they lead back and forth. So we are optimizing all the time between how those ads get run and who they're targeting. And it changes by geo, by city and, and location and the types of people we're going after. And then there's like our really high-end homes. Like we have a, a $50 million home in Malibu Beach. It's like, well, maybe we can try to sell this thing. And that yeah. one's like the, really targeted, whereas like, all right, there's, you know, a lot less people in the US could buy such a house. Um, yep. And so they're very interested in having someone who can come in and, and give them a give them much better a set of leads to go after for that home, and so like we kind of run the gambit there of like our, our main bread and butter homes to you know very high end homes that are traditionally very hard to sell, but have a, have even more value when you're saving four percent on the transaction. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, it, when it, you're talking about an eight figure home, yeah, I mean, saving a couple percent on uh, what you're selling it for is uh, a huge deal. But like you said, much harder to find that audience. Is this primarily you know in the marketing side of things? It sounds like there's a lot of kind of orchestrating and instrumenting the google facebook you know display network tools of the world has has any of this yeah. forced you guys to build out your own sort of marketing tools in some way or has it more been really leveraging the existing sort of programmatic platforms in very calibrated ways to so, make sort of the platform work
1: so it's both i mean i my 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 platform like my back end for my marketing or marketing intelligence platform I guess. We basically will use like, uh, sometimes it's best to use like Google AdWords, like they have a great API, you know, you're not going to beat Google's AdWords for their their inventory of ads. But then we have a lot of other inventories where it makes a lot more sense to just use our own system and just go to the real-time bidders. And we actually have partners who help us with that. Um, and and impl- we implement the bidders based upon our audience management and they, they manage the bidding. And then I guess I didn't hop on too much. Like we actually are using like postcards and small and radios and offline media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some of that actually because I guess the biggest problem in marketing when you mix those media's or channels attribution. You, yeah, attributing and so we basically come back to like using probabilistic models to say like we think somebody heard that they have like a certain chance of hearing this ad in this town and they have a certain chance of being in this neighborhood which has this consumer and demographic uh, information therefore we should actually target them a little bit heavier or not and so even there like we're using you know things like bringing people back with with uh, custom domains and and sh- and kind of shorteners and things like that to get the get as much as we can on the offline world back to our site and we've actually found that works really well with some of our broader campaigns like our seller campaigns and I think radio has been a, a huge win for
0: us. Good so. for you guys, huh? Keeping radio alive. You're you're like uh, that's like a ch- that's charitable work right there, brother. But uh, but no, in all seriousness, I mean, there's probably a lot less competition there, and for something as broad as real estate, you know, and and with maybe the the margins of real estate, which is a little bit bigger than uh, you know selling a bottle of pills or um, getting somebody to buy a shirt at a local mall you know, might be viable. So it makes sense. Last question on the marketing side, just to flesh out kind of what you you folks are doing and have had to think through, it seems to me like one of the, the big initial challenges for you would be, which are the most important facets of a listing and which are the most important facets of a buyer so that we know who to match with what? Like, okay, these people both have a spend range, you know, between 400 and 800,000 for a home, but uh, somehow we have an inkling that these folks are more likely to want something in a quiet neighborhood versus these folks. Like delineating those those dialed in criteria seems like a lot of hard work upfront, so that then you can tinker with those identified categories to to kind of calibrate towards your results. Um, wh- what did that involve? Because that seems like one of the, the hardest kind of thinking man's problems at the beginning of this marketing effort.
1: Yeah, and I think there's there's a mix of both the, the you trusting your marketer and who has a lot of experience and maybe a geography or a particular domain and also the automated side and just coming up with AB tests that actually throw up hypotheses like this and let's test to see if it works and and that's just, you know, bread and butter every day. That's what my, you know, data team does. They 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 go to the marketing team and to the operations team's like, "All right, is is this working for you or not?" I think there's also just taking our A-B test and cross correlating it with the consumer data and like the geo data that we have and just saying, all right, well, what's it mean for this geography? And focusing every week on learning new things, such as uh, we have one town that's a more of a military town that, you know, we found a, a pretty good correlation between sporting good purchases and people selling their homes. Weird. Um, so Weird. maybe they're getting ready for retirement or something. And so that worked in that town. But like the next town over, it's it's really like uh, clothing shopping was the, the biggest kind of indicator. So even there, like being able to, to uh, segment our audience in a way that's very sophisticated is something that you just I mean, it's very hard for your, like traditional real estate agents to keep up with. And that's where AI can come in. And You think of like, well, if you had one marketer, well, if I add an AI and now it's doing the work of 10.
0: So, yep. Yeah. No. Th- and this is by no means these kind of really dialed in segments you're talking about hey in this right. g- military geo area you know we have a pretty good sense of who we should probably run more ads in front of for homes than others based on certain behavior patterns to pick up on that in every town is going to be beyond uh, the work of a person and a spreadsheet um, even if you probably have a lot of people and a lot of spreadsheets uh, that that becomes kind of a colloquial sort of AI uh, issue one of those sort of too many too many things to track for for the human being so cool so it seems like that's a, a decent synopsis of sort of the efforts you're having to put forth in marketing. Hopefully that'll be interesting for the folks who are trying to get a sense of you know where marketing and, and real estate are sort of intersecting with AI today. Lastly, I know that you are currently in the process of and kind of piloting a number of conversational interfaces in this space. Before we got on the on the the recording here, you had mentioned that you actually have some kiosks in some homes. That might be able to answer questions that people would have about the home without necessarily having to, you know, schlep a real estate person there every time. And of course, if you're trying to be a discount broker, you know, the more people you have to pay to wake up and drive over to a home, the, the harder it's going to be to keep your margin solid. Talk about what some of the challenges have been with conversational interfaces in this space. Because as you had brought up again off microphone, you know, big purchase, lots of information. No one's just going to ask six questions to a chat bot and buy a house. This is really complicated stuff. What have you run into as kind of some of the core hurdles and unique things to be overcome to really get chatbots to click or conversational interfaces to click in this space?
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, we've had kind of we've had some successes and some some downs and I'll be totally honest, right now we're kind of in that read engineering phase of the of the project. Um, like you said, we had a a, a kiosk that we call Rex the robot, although my marketing department tells me you can't call it robot cuz nobody likes robots, they like AI. Uh, so but even there, so initially it started off as like a chat bot we put on our website, and um immediately, you know we have kind of a a a typical kind of web uh kind of intercom or or live chat kind of system where people gonna ask questions to real people and and usually what happened is those people weren't even they didn't have any more information than like our chat conversation did. Um, uh, but they, they couldn't act naturally. And like their real goal was to get you to answer a phone call or to get your email. And so even, so even like chat itself, like is being used in a, not in a way that's like fully realized. So what we did come in and says, well, can we build an app that or a bot that will answer these questions a little bit better? Um, we were able to definitely on our Facebook page, we got where it didn't hook up to our, um, our live people as well. Um, we were able to get it to respond much quicker, and that actually drove a lot more traffic to it. I mean, it went from having basically nothing to having, you know, like a, a very significant amount of chats a day, and it was able to answer questions about like general questions about, hey, what, how much is your fee, how much do you sell. But we had a lot of problems with the contextual questions of like, hey, what is this two-bedroom on uh, Main Street at 807 and in in this zip code? And you're like, well. <laughs> That was pretty hard to answer on, on Facebook because you don't have nearly as much context about what home they're looking at. Whereas piloting, kind of pilot more things on the website where you're looking at a home, I, the bot can tell you exactly which home you're looking at. And so it can pull that information that we had before and, and answer right there about that information. And then that platform right there, you just put it on a kiosk and put it in a home, add Amazon Polly or, or another voice system. And all of a sudden you, you've got you know, the makings of a robot or a kiosk system that people can interact with very quickly. And so then it, it solves a lot of the scheduling problems around real estate, like home showings and real estate. Cause I like think if you ever try to go look for a home, one of the biggest problems is like, I want to go look at 10 homes, but I have to get a real estate agent. I got to get all these people together to like figure out the schedule. And I think that, that our hope is that that can kind of really alleviate some of those barriers and get more people in your home uh, much quicker.
0: Big time. That, that makes sense. So, and again, it's cool to flesh out what are the aspirational use cases that could really drive value in this market. Um, do you think that in the relative near term, the more proximal goal than having a chat bot or conversational interface that can answer all the questions would be one that maybe can answer enough and then serve the role of maybe lead gen or lead scoring where you kind of pass yeah. that person along to the next? Is it kind of like, hey, let's, Let's handle what's gonna satisfy the initial the initial kind of impetus that got someone to the site and then let's let's kind of take them on to a person who can go into the real deal detail and kind of actually make this a deal. Is that kind of more of the the near-term application in your in your opinion?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And because we're not gonna be able to answer every question you give us. And so there's always gonna be a time where you're like, I need to talk to a human. And that's where we have, you know, we can have licensed agents behind that uh, the chat screen or even pop up, you know, voice or video chats and, and and actually help that person right there. But already just think about that of like being valid, having a, someone who's that much more validated in being able to work with this chat bot. And so it just reduces the amount of time that we have real estate agents talking to people that really just looky loose or somebody who doesn't really have an interest in buying the home.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. So this is kind of a sales, it would be a bit of a sales enablement slash support kind of an application here where hopefully you're making better use of your your human folks. It would seem to me like the outright complete automation of the Q&A process, certainly through closing the deal, man, I would really feel like even with a great chatbot progress in the next like six years, I would just see it as like very, very hard to to take someone to shake your hand and give you the keys out of the loop.
1: Yeah, well, I mean it, it's a challenge and you know that's what we what we're here yeah, that's for. It's to big challenges. Yep.
0: So yeah, but at least at least we get an understanding of kind of what are the stepwise what's the stepwise progress to get there. And, you know, maybe we don't take people a hundred percent out of the QA process, but maybe we can only put the right people in front of our trained humans for the q a process and you know if you make those little thirty percent forty percent fifty percent jumps you know you might be able to whittle those down to 80 or 90 and and really get to a system where things are streamlined so it seems like the challenges are a little bit heftier there in real estate than other spaces we might have to pass you know the the chatters along to a human at some point maybe where in other spaces we wouldn't we wouldn't have to but it it sounds like that is the near term application is maybe more of answer the initial stuff, make sure that this lead is the right kind of lead with a genuine interest in the home, and then find a way to bridge that connection. That's maybe more of the the what's next. Yep, absolutely. Cool. Said it really well. Nice. All right. Hey, I, I, uh, I don't always, so I, I lucked out on that <laughs> one. Anyway, that was a great, a great sort of foray into the applications of AI in the real estate space. I realize we're up on time, Andy, but I sincerely appreciate you sharing your insights and giving us a little bit of a look into the future of real estate with AI here on the AI and Industry Podcast. So thanks so much. Thank you. Have a good one. and regular coverage of the ai applications of both the hottest startups here in the bay area as well as what fortune 500 companies are doing with ai today everything from marketing and advertising business intelligence to specific industries like finance and healthcare you can stay ahead of the curve and stay on the right side of disruption by visiting techemergence.com and when you're there make sure to sign up for our weekly newsletter on the left hand side of the page uh, most of our podcast listeners get our, the episodes directly to their inbox every week. You'll be joining tens of thousands of other business leaders who join us from all over the world to stay ahead of the curve of AI in their specific industry. So that's techemergence.com. Uh, I'm Dan Figella. This is AI in Industry, and we'll catch you next week.